seen more stuff. I was reading through here, and I come across two or three things. I said, man, these would be good sermons. I said, well, you already preached on these once before. I said, yeah, but they're still good sermons. It's amazing how up-to-date your Bible actually is. Uh, the, more you, the more you get to your book and the more you read it, uh, it it's very pertinent. It's written thousands of years ago. Same thing today as it was back in 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Actually, back in, in 7. We'll look at 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. Then Elisha. Elisha is, is here now, and, and uh, Elijah's already gone, and, and went up in a whirlwind, and he gave him a double portion, and then, then, said, then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the, at, in the gates of Samaria. And, the, and the, uh, then the, a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, uh, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And then verse 3 says, And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. Yeah. And they said one to another, Why sit we here till we die? I preached a message on this a long time ago, Why sit we here till we die? But I, I changed the title of the message, changed it up a little bit. The best of the lot. Uh, these four lepers are outside the gate. They're outside the city. They're lepers. They can't go in. Uh, you know, sometimes, brother, there's, there's, a, there's a level of, of chain of command that, that takes precedent in anything that we do. In church life, in government life, we've got a, a president of the United States uh, they say we do anyways. I think he's up there. Uh, they show us to him sometimes. He can't talk very well, but he's there. Uh, he's got somebody behind him. Uh, the, the world is just in, in chaos right now. Uh, and if you read this passage, go back to chapter 6. If you read this passage, guess what? The world back then was in chaos too. Yeah. Guess what? No matter what part of time you're ever in, the world's in chaos. Uh, we've been fortunate for a, a, a length of, uh, since probably after the Vietnam uh, Reagan came in after Carter and, and everything started getting a little more prosperous and, and uh, the Lord kind of let us have some blessings here and there and the devil kind of left us alone for a while and then all of a sudden he's coming back in. But uh, down in verse, uh, verse 13, 613, Elisha is sitting here and, and the king of, of uh, uh, let's see, it's, uh, the sons, let's see, let's just read here. And he said, go and spy where he is. So the king of Syria is sending him in trying to figure out who in the world is telling they're looking for Elisha. And uh, he sends his whole army there. And, and when uh, uh, verse 15 says, And when the, servant of, uh, when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. They come to get him. Elijah, all he was doing was doing what he should be doing. And he's trying to take care of just what God told him to do. Not really busy. Uh, I'd like to say, first of all, that all of us can't be Elisha's. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. Amen, brother. There, you cannot be what you're not. You are what you are. Uh, so many people in this world try to be something they never were intended to be, and they make a mess out of it, or they get frustrated in life. And, and uh, my, uh, I'll get to this message here in just a little bit. I'm telling you what, brethren, that God needs all kinds of people, and he does great things with people that aren't in the chain of command. Uh, a lot of people think, well, if I'm not in the chain of command, I'm not doing anything. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. Uh, you know, I see here my mom. I'll, I'll give you all a uh, just an update on my mom. She's, they're going to boot her out of uh, rehab Wednesday. So we've got to figure out something to do with her. And uh, she calls me up today, and we're talking. 
And she really, when Beth and her hit it off, they love each other. Uh, I'm just her son, so that's okay, because I'm Catholic. I'm, I'm an ex-Catholic Baptist, and she's still Catholic. And she thinks I'm always ridiculing her, which I am. Uh, and I just won't pull no punches with my mom. I just, I'm sorry, I will not. I won't, if I won't pull them with you, I won't pull them with her. Uh, and she said, Mike, do you really want me there? I said, do you think for one minute I'd go through all the trouble I'm going through to get you here if I didn't want you here? I said, I said this is a pain in the neck. And I'm sitting there bowing my head on my desk. And I'm saying, Lord, this, this next week, I said, right before camp, uh, we got camp, not next week, but the week after that, right before camp, uh, my mom could have had me, I tried, I've been trying for years to get her up here. No, 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 no. She waits till the last minute before anything happens, and then she tells me, okay, I'm ready to come now. And I got one week to work everything out to get her from Louisville, Kentucky up here, and she wants her furniture out of her house. And I'm like, Ugh. And I got Brother Combs' car up there broke. We got all the refrigerators and stuff we got to get ready. I got distillers we got to get ready. Got all this other stuff. Robin and Tim's going to say, well, what about this? What about this? Somebody else is going to come and say, hey, what about this? Blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff going on, I'm about ready to explode. And I'm like, it's not worth it. I don't know why anybody would want a, a point of, of authority where they figure, figure. What they think is, I heard Brother Sato told me one time, he said, everybody thinks preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and that's it. That isn't even the, that, that is not even the icing on the cake. Amen. That is like maybe a sprinkle on the icing on the cake, if that. There is so much other stuff that goes on in this. The king of Syria is sitting here, and he's out after uh, Elisha. He wants him. He wants him dead. Because he's telling him, Elisha sees what's going on. Elisha's over by himself. And, uh, verse 16, it says, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you open his eyes. Boy, if God could just open our eyes sometime. Yeah, amen. And you could see the blessings that God had. I went out and got Beth a new van. Uh, not a new one, a used one. I, I had to fly down to, uh, Beth dropped me off at the airport and she went on down to my mom and I flew off to Raleigh-Durham. But I was looking and, and uh, it was a 2019 I was going to get it for her and it had less miles on it than hers and newer, a little bit newer and better shape. But I just didn't feel good about that thing. And I'm like... Boy, I sure would like the other one. With that. I already got an airplane ticket. The other one's not going to be available for two more days, so I can't get that. I might as well hang it up. That ain't going to happen. I'll, I'll fly down and get the white one. And I, I had peace about it, but I so got on plane, flew all the way down there, got off the plane. Uh, they said, yeah, it was ready to come and get it. And sitting down here, so I called them up and said, oh, by the way, sorry, you can't come and get it. I'm like, why not? They said, well, we lost the keys. I said, I just flew. And I didn't tell them I got an airplane ticket for $46. I didn't tell them that. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to think I paid eight, nine hundred bucks for this airplane ticket. Uh, you know, it's that Jacob in me. I know what it is. It's probably wrong, but hey, I didn't tell him. Uh, it got to be conniving, weaseling, and all that other stuff. And I said, so you let me fly all the way down here to get a van, and I can't get the van because you lost the keys, and now you're telling me to come back. I can't come back. I said, now how am I going to get home? And lo and behold, I look over there, and there's that red van, the 2020. And I said, what about that one? They said, well, you can have that one if you want it. And I'm sitting there going, you got to be joking me. That's the one I wanted, but I can't have it for two days. He said, oh, we'll go on and give it to you now. Oh, we don't want you to walk back. Amen. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, what a crazy thing. Praise the Lord. I said, this is the one I would come for. This is the one I wanted. This is the one they won't let me have till they lost the keys. Just so happens they got the keys. 30 minutes later, I was driving down the road in that one right there. I, I rented it. They said, just rent it. The lady at the other end said, rent the thing. Don't let nobody get it. I said, okay, so I rented it. 
They said, is it over 40,000 miles on it? I said, yep, it's 42,000. She said, it's yours. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, you know, it's a simple little things in life that God does sometimes. But the problem with everybody is we want all of our ducks in a row before we do anything. And you can't ever figure God out. What I'm getting ready to show you is something that we're in a world today that's no different than this world that they're in right here, right now. Elijah says, open their eyes. Open his eyes that he can see. Elijah sees all that stuff up there. So many times, though, the weight of the world and the fear of everything going on, I bet you some of y'all are actually scared of what's going on in this world right now. I was up there at Tim's, and he said, there, uh, the other Timmy up there said there's a, uh, there was a ladies' clinic across the street, and he busted all the glass out of it and did all kinds of terrible things to it. And, and across this, and it's, it's not about abortion, by the way. Uh, it's about people not getting their way. That's all it is. I want my way, and I want you to give it to me. He goes on right here, and, and he says, that The Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, verse 17, that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes and, of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains were as full of horses and chariots of fire about, uh, round about Elijah. You know, uh, if you can see in here right now, the Lord blinds us to some things, and I'm glad he does because we'd probably fall down and die. But if you could see what's actually out there in front of you, your whole world would change. This, this world would not hold a candle in your life. You know what's wrong with us? We're running around with this candlestick and it's a light in front of us and that's what we're following. And it's this little candlestick called the world and we think this world has everything for us and we keep doing this thing like it's going to... You know that thing that, that my mom is going to go into a nursing home. Uh, well, it's not really a nursing home, it's assisted living. Uh, but 90 years old and, and that's it? I worked my whole life for that? Uh, now, it's a nice place. I'll go over there. I mean, me and Beth were sitting there talking. I said, when we get old, this is a good place to go. I said, you know, I mean, they got three meals, two meals a day, two hots and a cot. And, and uh, I mean, it's got a place to go. And they had things happening. And, and uh, it, it was a nice, clean place. Had a bathroom. Uh, had a back porch. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I said, not for the price. I said, some of these eleven, twelve thousand $12,000 units, this was uh, $2,000, bucks, 1900 something. I said, this is pretty cool. I said, I don't mind that. But if you're working your whole life, and that's all you're working it for? Man, if you, you're, you're going to come up one of these days shy of everything. So the guy gets his eyes opened up. In verse 19, it says, And Elijah said unto them, This is not the way. So he blinds their eyes, all their eyes, all that whole army. And instead of killing them, he goes out and leads them away back to where they came from. Man, wouldn't it be great if we would have the same attitude? You know what the problem with us? We're trying to compete with each other so many times over, over what I think I should have or somebody else should have that I think they should have that, that we miss the greater good that God has for us. We miss that thing all the time. Uh, he says, I will bring you to a man whom you seek, but he led, them to, he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were coming into Samaria that Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel. So you got Elisha, you got the young man, and then you got the king of Israel coming here. The king of Israel is a typical king. He's in the chain of command. He's up there. Elisha still, still falls under the chain of command there, but he's on the outside of this thing because he's following God. It says, And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? I mean, that's just like us. Shall we kill him? Shall we destroy him? That's like James and John over in the New Testament. Uh, can we call down fire from heaven and, and burn them up? Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what good Baptists do. Have you ever thought that if you ever... I have, uh, some people want to go to the uh, Navy and be Navy SEALs. 
And I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, I, a lot of my friends were Navy SEALs. I said, so can you pull up a gun and just stick it in somebody's head and blow them up? Kill I said, are you going to try to win them to Christ before you shoot them? And they looked at me a little real strange. I said, so, so why would you shoot somebody that you don't know where they're going to have? That's where they're going to be forever. Now, I know in a wartime scenario, if something happened and I had to go and defend my country and fight, but to just go out and kill people. You know, most Navy SEALs, which is an amazing thing to me, uh, were very disgruntled with our government because they're always asked to do stuff that nobody else will do for no particular reason. And they won't, they, I mean, when they do go out, like if you got pirates out there in the middle of the ocean and they're, they're, they're taking over ships, th those guys love that kind of stuff. But some of that other stuff they're asked to do, and, and then they get the blame for it when it's all said and done, when it's really the politicians up, up top. But it's still a chain of command. You know what they do? They do what they're supposed to do. No questions asked, they do it. Uh, if you can do that, I, I found, I had one friend, uh, Luke Smiley, and Luke, Luke was, he was definitely tore. He was a Navy SEAL. Uh, I've watched him and, and Brother Murphy sit there and grab a bean, both of them, and they would hold the bean with their fingertips. I, I sit there and watch them do it. And, uh, and, and they would do one pull-up at a dead, dead, their feet are off the ground, and their fingertips are on that beam, and Luke would do a pull-up and drop back down, and they'd drop off, and Pat would jump up, Brother Murphy would drop, jump up, grab that beam with his fingertips. I watched them go from one, two, three, four, up to ten, and back down. That's over a hundred of them suckers. And you say... What was that? That means that guy was in shape. He was tore mentally because of what they were asking him to do, and he was a Christian on top of that. It, it tore him up. But there's a chain of command. So you got the king of Israel, and then you got the people underneath of him, and you got Elijah sitting there off to the side. Then, then you go over to verse 29. I actually go down to 20. And the king of Israel was passing upon the wall, and there, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help! My Lord, O King. Well, you know, there's people all in our society today saying, Help, O Law, help us, help us, help us, help us, help uh, us. And he said, If the Lord uh, do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine presses? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son to, that we may eat him today, and we, we will eat, uh, eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. There's no difference in back then to today. Today is just the same way. This is the world we live in today. Uh, we live into a world that's crazy. That's where you're at today. You're in this world. There's nothing you can do about it. And it came to pass when the king, uh, verse 29, so we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. You know what she's doing? She's asking the king to make a judgment between her that she take her kid and kill him. Today they say, oh, just abort him. That's fine. Just, just do whatever you want to do. That's fine. That's great. Uh, I, heard, I heard coming back from uh, uh, Raleigh, I heard the uh, mayor of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's supposed to be a Democratic or a, a Republican town. Uh, they're going to make it legal for women, and they're going to pay for it to have abortion in that area. I heard the mayor of Dayton say the same thing. They're going to, within the city of limits of Dayton, uh, they're, going to, they're going to legalize abortion. Brethren, you're talking about a world that is in turmoil today. That's where we're at. We're in this world that's totally in turmoil. Uh, verse 30, and it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes. 
Verse 31, then he said, God, do so, do so, and more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, stands. Jezebel said that same thing about Elijah. It didn't work for, for her too well. She got ate by dogs. As you're reading the story right here, what you see is the, the leadership sitting over here and, and all these people, and you would think that God would use these people. You'd think that he'd use Elisha. Uh, get verse 32, it says, but Elijah sat in his house, not, a, not worried a bit. He sat in his house, and the elders sat with him, and the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said uh, to the elders, see, see how the son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door, and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And I'm sitting there looking at these people and all that. I mean, you've got a whole group of people sitting over here on this side. And, and Elisha's sitting here saying, this, Tomorrow, this time's going to happen. And they, the king has already forgot what Elisha just did. A whole army he blinded. And he walked them back to where they came from and opened their eyes and sent them home, fed them and everything else. The young man watched this thing. All the things that these men have seen, they let go off to the wayside. And so many times we do the same thing. All the things God does for us in our life, we just seem to blow it off to the side and forget it the moment it happens or never realize it was God who did it. When I got that car the other day, I didn't, it's not that I'm bragging I got a car. I'm just telling you I went for one and got the one I wanted. I had to go do something. You know what most people do? They won't do nothing. We just sit there. I like these four lepers, man. These four lepers are cool as anything. The Lord, <laughs> it said, then, then Elijah said, verse 7, chapter 1. This is going to be a quick message now. Then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. You know, we need some people today who will say, hey, hear the word of the Lord. That's what we need. We need some people that will stand up and actually believe what they're saying. Most people won't. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And he goes, tomorrow you're going to have more. But the deliverance didn't come from anybody in this chain. The deliverance didn't come from nobody over here. You know what God did? He's got a whole nother. He said, I have 7,000 that hadn't bowed the knee to Baal yet. He's got thousands and thousands of people that he gives. You know what? He could use you. He could use me at any given time. You don't necessarily need to be in the chain of command to be used by God mightily. What you got to do is just be willing. And sometimes of the lot. You know the best of the lot inside that city was these four lepers? These guys were sitting outside. They done lost everything. You know the best thing could ever happen to you is lose everything you had? Sometimes the best thing, and, and have no chance of ever getting it back. When you get to the place where you really just don't care anymore about what you have or what you don't have, you're at a place where God can actually use you now. And I would much rather be used by God than this world any given time. You're used by one or the other. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. Why do you got to do this? Explain to me why you have to do this. Why do you have? You got to pay your mortgage. You got to work until you got to pay all your bills. They don't. Why would they make rules that you can have a, uh, you can get a, a uh, what they call a foreclosure on your mortgage if they know that that's not going to happen? I'm not telling you to go out and go bankrupt. But why would they give you the ability to go bankrupt if they didn't know that the bankers are sneaky and sly and taking advantage of you? 
That guy today said, oh, Mike, you're, you're paying, me and Beth's gonna pay the thing off. I got the cash in the bank to pay the stupid truck car off. Anyways, we're gonna sell hers. I trade it off every couple of years anyways, get her another one. Uh, just so I don't, she started having problems. You know, a little here, a little there. My, my solution is just go get another car. I don't wanna work on it till I'm dead. I just go get another car. She says, I got this problem, this problem, this problem. The fourth one is another car. I ain't gonna go get parts. I ain't got time. I just didn't get on a plane. I can fly on a plane, go on the airport. I can get me a cup of Starbucks coffee. I can, you know what a blessing about this whole thing was? I get down there and I was going to have to get an Uber to drive me out to someplace out there, Ada's place, way, way out there in La La Land or Raleigh, Durham someplace to get this white van. And the red one was right at the airport. I didn't have to get an Uber either. I got zero, man. I was out zero dollars. I mean, absolutely nothing. There was a bus waiting for me outside. At, I didn't even have to get, wait for my luggage. I had my little back, backpack on my back. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what was going to happen. I just went. People, for 46 bucks, man, it's a plane ride. I had a, a one-way ticket. I was going to come back with a van. I was not going to go to fail. I'm going to go get a van. If I had to go to a used car lot on, in Raleigh, Durham and get a van, I would have gone to a used car lot and got a van. I would have done something. I just didn't even know. I didn't even think about it. You know what I did? I just went along for the ride. And as soon as they said, we can't find the key, my ear perked up. I'm like, uh-oh, here comes the Jacob thing. Something's getting ready to happen. And I'm starting to look. What's getting ready to happen? Something's getting ready to happen. And I'm starting to look for the open door. You know what these four lepers were doing? They're outside the gate, man. Verse 3, 7, 3. It says, and there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. You know, a, you know what a leper is? It's a, it's a picture of sin. They, you know what leprosy, when you fully get leprosy one, from the top of your head to the bottom, they say you're clean. I've never figured that one out. Uh, but at that point, I guess you're, you're no longer, uh, you can no longer spread the disease, I think, uh, if, if everything I'm reading is right. But they, they, they pronounce you clean. If you got like a spot, you're unclean. You got to run, unclean, unclean. Uh, but, but if you got your whole body's full of leper, you ain't got no hair on your head, no fingers on your hands and everything else. Uh, that's where these four guys are. They can't go back. There's no place for them to return. They're done as far as the world is concerned. They're, they're isolated, ostracized. They're no longer part of anything. And that's what we need. You don't think that, but that's what you need. You need to get away from this stinking, filthy world every time it tells you you need something. Why don't you wait for God to tell you you need something? You know, I'm sitting there going, I've been praying for years to get my mom up here. Now she's coming. I'm like, oh, <laughs> She says, do you really want me there? Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment of the promise. One of the commandments, honor your mother and father. Amen. I said, but Lord... He said, yeah. I said, didn't a guy say, let me go say bye to my dad? He said, let the dead bury the dead. Can I say that? No. He said, I can say that you can't. I told you to honor your mother and father. I said, but Lord, how come you can say this and I can't? Because I'm God and you're not. I said, okay, that's good enough for me. I'm done. I'm finished. I said, Lord, I'll take care of her if it works out. If that's what you want, I'll do whatever you want. I mean, she gave me 16 years. She changed my diapers. I'll let Beth change hers. God gave me a good wife, man, that can deal. I can't deal with baby poop, man. I just can't do it. I want to throw up. That's why I never liked uh, uh, guacamole, because it looks like baby poop. But on this diet, man, I've learned to like guacamole. 
I can, I'll eat all the guacamole. If you leave me on your plate, I'll eat your guacamole too. It says, and there was four leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here till we die? You know what most people do? We do. We just sit there and do absolutely nothing and we die. We're afraid. We're afraid to do anything. We're afraid to try to do anything. Uh, the world is all around us. And you think the world is all this big stuff out here, and, and you're just some little bitty thing. I'm just one of the four lepers outside the gate here, and who am I anyways? What could I possibly do? If I touch anything, it's unclean. They're not going to want nothing. Could you imagine these four guys sitting outside the gate, the conversation they have? There may have been other lepers, but God drilled down on these four uh, the verse four says, if we say we, we, enter, we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city uh, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the hand, the host of the Syrians. That's an army, big old army out there, man. If, and if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. You know, until you come to that place right there, God can never use you. Oh, he may use you for some small stuff, but he'll never use you seriously. And not as serious. Not like Elijah. Not like Elisha. Elisha, Elisha was dead here later on. And they're out there and some people chasing him. And they drop this guy's body and he touches Elisha's bone, comes back to life. The guy had power with God after he was dead. Well, don't you want some power with God? I don't know about you, but I just like walking around and watching him do things that's just weird. It just happens all the time. And you sit there and say, what is that? I keep saying, well, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's good, man. I'm glad you did that. And then my mom says, I want to come up here. I want to be around Mike's kids. You know why? She used to say I was crazy. She still says I'm crazy, but she thinks that's okay. She thought I was crazy. I'm out here serving God thing. And she was Catholic. I never understood why she thought I was crazy. She's a Catholic and she's supposed to go to church and, and, and take communion and all this other stuff and say the rosary like 700 times. I, I, <laughs> I let Brother Tom Combs use my mom's car while I'm getting his fixed. And uh, I said, oh, Brother, by the way, there's some rosaries in there in the console if you want to say them while you're driving down the road. <laughs> I said, that's cool. I said, I mean, it's just so funny. All the stuff that she did to try to follow God and, and the church. And, and I go and do it, and she gets mad and tells me I'm crazy. Yet then she tells me that all my kids are normal. I'm like, well, you don't know them very well. <laughs> she's going to come up here and see you, and she's going to find out they're not. But that's okay. And they arose up in the twilight, verse 5, to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they uh, were come to the uttermost parts of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man there. Sinners. Just four sinners. You know what God's looking for today is some sinners. Are you a sinner in here today? I am. You know what he's looking for? Is he's looking for four sinners. He's just looking for a couple sinners. that will do. We're getting ready to go to camp. You know what he's looking for? Some sinners that will just go and do what you're supposed to do without any questions asked. And just do what's put in front of you. And, and you know what? God's always looking for. He's not looking for preachers. He's not looking for, if he wants a preacher, he's going to call one. You don't have to worry about that. If you're not in here today and you're not called, don't worry about it, man. He don't want you yet. Right. And he may never want you. Right. I didn't want to do this. I don't know what part of anybody thinks I wanted to do this. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> he keeps making me do it. And I know that if I go do something else, he's going to hit me with a brick. I can't. I mean, now, if you feel that way, then maybe you're called to preach. I got to wait till he tells me what to do so I can do it. This isn't as glorious as you think. Go out and tell people for 43 years that they're not in God's will and see how many friends you got. 
I've been doing this for 43 years and I got a whole bunch of people mad at me. I got a few that like me every now and then, but most times they're mad at me, man. It's not a fun thing. It's a lonely path. Why would anybody want that? You know what you need to be? I'm an introvert. I tell everybody I'm an introvert. They say, oh, you are not. Oh, yeah, I am too. I could be over the corner and be perfectly happy in the corner all by myself. However, comma, God says you got to come out of that shell a little bit. I said, okay, I can do that for you. For you, I'll do anything. These four lepers, man, they're just regular old sinners. That's all they are. The world knows they're sinners. The whole city knows exactly what they are. They're leprous. Leprosy must be exposed and examined by the priest. You know what the Holy Spirit does? He examines you and he knows you're a sinner. You know, it says for all of sin to come. If you're sitting in this room and you don't think you're a sinner, you're a liar. That makes you a sinner, by the way. So you just, you're right with the rest of us. Uh, the things that go on, I like that song we sang. Uh, your sins are hidden from other men. Everybody in this room have hidden sins that nobody else knows nothing about. And you wouldn't want nobody else to know. Thank God he doesn't show those to everybody. You got them. Don't, don't say you ain't got them. You're just as wicked as the devil as anybody else. We're all in this. If Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners, what does that make us? I like it, man. I like my Bible. I don't know about you, but I really like this book. This is the greatest, greatest book in the world. I like somebody when they tell me the truth. I've never had a problem with Jesus, man. He's told me the truth. There is no earthly cure for leprosy, by the way. Now, they say they got one today. But if you have leprosy, you're not going to get your fingers back. Uh, if they can maybe stop it at an early stage now, but if you haven't full blown, uh, you're still the, the effects of that is still going to be there. Here we go. Now we're going to go. Those four lepers, some of what I like to say, they studied their situation. In the position they were in as lepers, and God brought a famine on the land, and nobody could solve that famine. Elisha could have, but he didn't. Because he knew God brought that on for a reason. He never even thought about doing it. Elijah stopped it raining for three years. And then with a word, he had it raining again. And this man had double portion of Elisha. He could do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. But you know, sometimes God brings stuff just like Job. He brings stuff in our lives. And, and it all depends on how you take what he brings into your life is how he's going to use you. If you look at the thing and say, God, to God be the glory, amen. Then all of a sudden you'll look like, you'll say, I'll see there's, there's going to be a silver lining to this thing. If nothing more, I'll die. Could you, how about the, the beggar at the rich man's gate? Full of sores and the dogs are licking him. What possibly good thing could come out of that? Paradise. He's going to take his last breath like anybody else. So uh, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said that. He goes, same thing happens to Richard poor. They all die. That man's going to end up in, in Abraham's bosom here shortly, and that man's going to end up in hell for all eternity. It's all how you look at things. They studied their situation. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. Could you imagine the com conversation those four guys have? All four of them. So they're talking to each other. Man, we can't go inside. We're lepers. We already know what the law says about lepers. Lepers are lepers, man. We can't do anything. If you're ever going to be like these four men, you're going to have to, number one, be a realist. Don't, don't just think of this and this thing is going to mysteriously happen out there. No. Your situation as you are right now is, is how you need to think. Exactly like you are. It can never change until, I tell everybody all the time, you can't go to California if you don't know you're in Kentucky. 
or Ohio. If I'm in Dayton, Ohio, and I know if I look in north, and you don't know where north is unless you know where Canada is. And if you got a compass that says north is that way, if north is that way, then, then west is that way. I don't have to know exactly where California is. I just know there's an ocean over there somewhere. And if I keep going until I hit that ocean, I'm going to be in Washington, Oregon, or California. And all I have to do is figure out by the people, you're going to figure out whether you're in Washington or, I don't know, man. They're almost all the same now. <laughs> they're weird people over there. And once you find a state border, if any one of them, if I go one way, if I go north and I hit the state border and it says Washington, Oregon, I know I've got to turn around and go the other direction. You've got to know where you're at before you can get anywhere. You can, a ship in the middle of the ocean has to know exactly the longitude and latitude where I'm at before I can figure out where, how to get anywhere or get away from it. They study their situation. Be a realist. Never overthink the situation. You know what we do? We overthink it. Well, if I do this, 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 then this, then this, and this, and this, and this, and pretty soon I can make sure that you don't know, you might as well go play the lottery, man. You'll have a better chance of winning the lottery than you'll ever do that. And always consider your options. That's what these four men did. They sit there and looked at their options. I like it, man. These guys are great. And there were four lepers men at the entering of the gate. If I had to be anybody in this crowd, I would want to be one of them. You say, why? Because they're the only ones in the right mind other than Elijah. They're the only ones. Everybody in the city, they're eating their kids. They talk about abortion, and your leaders talk about abortion like it's a normal, everyday thing. Now, I want to make it clear. I am not for abortion in shape, form, or fashion. I think it's murder. That's what I think it is. But I think every one of those kids go to heaven every time they die. Amen. And it's not my job to stop them. It's not my job. I'm not going to stand on a street corner with a sign and get on into their realm and be where devil. I think the devil's in that thing on either side. Why? Because God's nowhere near it. Oh, they'll say God. That's like uh, AA. My dad was an alcoholic and he'd go to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And everybody will swear by that. That's, a, that's the biggest farce you've ever seen in your life. Let the higher power tell you what to do. Uh, what is that higher power? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Well, that didn't tell me anything. You know what that did? That you left me right where I was at. I learned as a little kid that these people out here tell you all kinds of crazy things. If I had to be one of these guys, I'd want to be a leper. You probably wouldn't want to be that. That's what I would want to be. I'd want to be one of them. Why? Because they're outside. They're looking at everything as it really is. The, the, their, their eyes are wide open. They see the light as it is. Everybody else is in darkness eating kids, trying to figure out how to survive day by day by day by day. These guys right here ain't even worried about it. They're trying to figure it out. We're going to die here shortly. What are we going to do? Then you get down to verse 4. They sorted their only possible options. They started looking. Verse 4. I like, I like these guys, man. These are cool. It's, I started thinking. I said, Lord, that's just the way the world is today. If we say we enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. Man, I tell you what. When I was coming through Cincinnati and I heard that mayor say what he said, I'm like, there's no possible way to ever correct the problem that this world is in. When he said, as it was in the days of Noah, if you don't believe that, you are duped. You're duped. As it was in the days of Noah, there was no cure for anyone on this planet other than Noah. Is there any cure for us tonight? Jesus Christ is the only cure we have. 
You know these four lepers knew there ain't nothing in that city that's going to help me. Well, I said, Lord, I could go back into, I'd have to, I don't know what I would do, man. I have no idea. You just had to kill me or something because I don't know what I would do. I'd have to go in business for myself doing something. I don't know what, but I mean, I can make a few bucks here and there. I figured it out. If we say we will enter into the city, they're thinking about it. I like it. They, they're using it. They, they're total lepers. Their little brain, their hands and everything's a mess. I don't know how far along all four or more. They're pretty far along. But they're still thinking. They still got the ability to think. There's a famine in the city, so that ain't the place to go. You know, when you look at these cities, cities really aren't the place to go. The nightlife of a city, who would want the nightlife of a city? That's just wicked as hell, man. That's exactly what it is. Then they said, and we shall die there. <laughs> You're going to die there if you go in the city. If you want this, well, I like Pilgrim's Progress. I think it's the greatest story in the wide world, man. He's running from the city of destruction. What are you running from tonight? I'll tell you what, the city of destruction, man, is behind me. I don't want no part of it. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So we can't go in the city and we can't sit here because we're running out. That's thinking. Have you ever stopped and thought about your scenario and your situation? Have you ever, I mean, really stopped and thought about it? I think about it all the time. I probably overthink everything. But have you ever thought about it? I'm like, I asked Beth, I said, Beth, do you want me to get rid of your van? Well, if you do, if you want to. I said, Beth, I didn't say that. I've got the airplane ticket for $46 or $47, no, whatever it was on the screen. I'm getting ready to hit it. I said, and she's going right by. Now watch this, I'll show you something else. I had a laptop on, on Facebook for four or five weeks for sale. And uh, nobody ever wanted it. I said, okay, you know, I, I was going to end up dropping the price on it. And I said, Beth, do you, want, do you want that van or not? She goes, well, mine is having it. I said, do you want it? She goes, yes. I said, okay. So click, got it. Five minutes later, I get a phone call. And it's a guy in Cincinnati, right on 75. He says, I want that laptop. I'll give you 150 bucks one for it if you, and I'll come and get it. I said, hey, it just so happens. <laughs> you ain't going to believe this. I said, in about 45 minutes, I'm going to be passing that exit. I said, of all the places in the world for that guy to be, to, for, for me to, to give me my money on my laptop, I, and Beth needed gas in the van at the same time that we met at a shell station. Amen. Now you say, what is that's God, man? I'm trying to get you to understand that God works in mysterious ways. In little teeny weeny things in your life. Elisha didn't just see the great things in his life. He saw the little things too. The lady who had the thing, a meal, he goes, go cook me a, a cake first and bring me a little water. It's like me first, you know, I don't care about the rest of you guys. No, he did care. But the lady was already told by God. If you get in the New Testament, read that story. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. In the New Testament over here, when the story is told over here, that lady knew that she, the, uh, some old fat guy was going to come by and eat her last meal. And she already knew that, so here comes Elijah. And he fits the bill. You know what she does? You never hear her argue. You never hear her complain. She says, I'm just going to gather a couple of sticks. I got a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil. I'm going to cook a, a thing, and I'm going to meet myself and eat it, and we're going to die. He said, okay, go on and die, but first cook me something first. And she did, and that, that meal never run out, and the oil never run out. God kept his word to that lady. 
And she did exactly what. And when the time came, you know what God used a lady to save a great man of his. She used a little lady sitting there to do a job. Brethren, we, we need to get to the place where we're the four lepers and not everything else. He says, now, therefore, come, let us fall into the host. Number one, they studied their situation, which that's what you ought to do. They sorted. I'm trying to get you to see this one thing. If I don't get anything else, you don't necessarily have to be dead. I don't have to be a Dr. Peter S. Rutman. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to be anybody. I can be who I am. And God can still do things with me. All day long, 365 days out of the year, I've been praying for my mom for 43 years. And she's going to be within a shout. God, help me. Shortly. And I tell you, she's going to be shouting. Come and get me. Come and get me. Come and help me. Come and help me. Come and help me. I'll never see Beth ever again. I already know what's going on. I've watched, I've watched some of you already do the thing, man. I already know what's getting ready to happen. And I'm not upset about it. You know what it is? I know that's what the Lord wants. That's what he wants. That's what he, I'm going to do what he wants. I don't have to worry about everything else happening out here in the world and I'm going to miss something. I'm not missing a thing. You know, if you're right where God wants you to do and you do what God wants you to do, you can have an effect that goes on for eternity. And a lot of people, we just miss that thing, man. I want to do what God wants me to do. You know what he wanted? He wanted four guys. He, wanted, he was looking for somebody and he couldn't find anybody in the city that would stop and listen to what he had to say. He found four guys after he lost everything they had out in the front of the, of the city with no hope, no future, no, no, no help in sight, trying to figure out what to do. And they just reasoned with themselves with normal circumstances. A whole army out there in front of you. They're going to beat everybody up and kill them all. This is my option. This is one of my options out here. They just look at their options, their three options, and they choose the lesser of three. All three of them is a possibility of dying. Two of them for sure. One of them, maybe not. They selected the only possible one. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. That you won't hear him sit there one time and say, Well, God, should I go out and give myself to the Syrians and serve God and go out in the blaze of glory? No, they looked at their circumstances in front of them. You know, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, when God uses you, you won't even know you're being used until you get to where you're supposed to be. Yet, we, as selfish humans, we think he should come down, uh, this is how it's going to work. You're going to do this, 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 and then this is going to happen. Uh, no, he doesn't do any of that. He says, go. Are you going to do it? I said, Beth, you want that van? She goes, yes. I said, click. She goes, you're crazy. I said, yeah, probably. And I, I, I was looking at the red one at the same time I was looking at the white one. But the red one was out of reach. I couldn't get it. I'd had to stop this airplane ticket and get another ticket two days later to go down there and get this one. I had to wait two days by what they said there. I didn't have to do that. I just went. I had no idea what, what was going to happen. A one-way ticket, not a round trip. One way, I'm there. Uh, something's going to happen. Most people would never do that. Man, I tell you what, if the Lord told me to go overseas, I'd get a one-way ticket. I'd be gone. You say, Why? Because he's already there. If that's where he wants me, that's what I want to do. You know, these four guys are outside the gate. I preached a message Sunday morning and said, if you're going to be committed, don't be halfway committed. These guys were fully committed. They weren't halfway committed. They were fully committed to being lepers. 
They were fully committed to dying. They were ready to die. There is a possibility someone out here that we may live. But we're going to go out there as lepers. They don't want lepers in their camp just like they don't want lepers there. They'll probably kill us before we even get close to them. There's probably going to be a couple of these soldiers, as they see us coming, they're going to pot shot and take us out. But that's, that's the only hope we have right there because there's no food anywhere else. They were fully submitted to their decision. Now, this is where I want to go with these four guys. All four of them were totally in unity with each other. There was no division. There's one guy talking. And they rose up. He says, now, therefore, somebody's saying this. All four of them are talking. One guy's talking. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the hosts of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. The other three of yes, let's go. Roar, Captain. You know what David had behind him? He had 37 mighty men that at a moment's notice would do whatever they had to do up to give their life, and they would give their life. Three of them went. He said, I just want to drink the water from the well of Bethlehem. That was just something off the cuff. These three guys went through the whole host of the Philistines and got a cup of water and brought it back, and David dumped it out. He said, I won't drink this stuff, man. You guys hazarded your life. This thing, this cup of water just became holy, man, and he dumped it out to the Lord right there in front of him. What they did, those three men would have died for a cup of water. You know what our problem is? We try to think our way through stuff, and we, we miss the whole thing because we don't know the whole picture. You don't need it. Who said you were supposed to know the whole picture? I got a Bible sitting here. It's got 66 books in it. If you think that that thing right there has the whole picture in it, uh, you're sadly mistaken. That thing is just a bit of a piece of a wide thing that goes on for eternity. And one day we're going to get there and he's going to lighten our eyes up. And you're going to see all the other stuff that you don't know now. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to probably fall over dead. And then he's going to bring you back to life. He's the only one who can do that. Fully submitted to their decision, and they rose in the twilight. Before you, God can ever use you, you've got to be willing to go. You need to first make a decision. I don't think the Lord's ever going to show us anything to do. I can't remember one thing really in 43 years that I knew I, knew I was going to go. I knew I should go down there and get that van. You say, it's just a van. I sure it is. But I knew that's exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. I already knew that. I was trying to get Beth to get in and on with me so I could blame her if something went wrong. And she wouldn't, she just wouldn't suck her up to it. No, you know what she wanted? Mike, what do you think? I said, Beth? She goes, well, what do you, I said, do you want this van? I finally got her to say yes. And as soon as I clicked it, I was going to click it anyways. You know what the Lord, and they finally got down there and everything went wrong. I, I said, Lord, you know, why didn't you just tell me the red one was going to be there? Why didn't you just tell me that? Because you might not have went. I wanted to show you something that you, you would then tell everybody else what I just did for you. On something that little, that minute, something that didn't even matter for anything, the bank could blow up tomorrow, man. You know what I'll know? The Lord will take care of the problem. I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to do, I'm going to take it day by day. You say, is he really in you getting a car? Sure, he's in you getting one too. Fully submitted. To their decision. Once they made the decision on what to do, they were committed 100% and they went and did what they did. I remember walking around his church. I'm like, Lord. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, this is doable. That's before any of this was here. I got a picture of us putting this, got the concrete out here. Andrew sent me a picture the other day. I forgot all about that. But 
I remember the concrete out of the wall was still right here. And I was sitting there with the concrete wasn't here, nothing was here, and I was walking around this thing and, and I seen the mess it was in, but boy, I sure like that wood right there. You know how many people have commented on that wood right there? Everybody who sees a picture of our church goes, oh, them ceilings are beautiful. That was the only good thing in the whole building. And I left it, man. I said, you know these lights? They were in here, by the way. I didn't have to put the, those were in. This ceiling is pretty much exactly, except for the two fans, exactly like it was uh, when we moved in. I moved a couple of lights around, but other than that, it's the same thing. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, the rest. He goes, yeah, but the rest of it needs a lot of loving, tender care. I'm like, yeah, it does. He goes, are you sure you can do this? I said, yes. He said, are you positive? I said, yes. But you know, he let me build a house over there on Grange Hall so I could do this. He let me do that so I knew that I could do it. And then when I got to this, this thing wouldn't overwhelm me. And I did it. People say, well, why, why do you always work around the church? Because I told the Lord I was going to do it. And I'm not going to quit on him. And every time I go to do something, he provides something else. And he keeps providing until I got it done. I said, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit before he quits. He's going to have to quit before I do. Or I'm going to die one or the other. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for some committed people. You know what he found? Four lepers on the outside of that city that were committed. They were committed to die. Once they got to that place where they let go of the, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, and they let go of this filthy, stinking world, now he's like, watch this. Watch. Elisha done made the prophecy. Tomorrow about this time. The guy goes, if windows of heaven opened up, could it be? He goes, you're going to see it. Man, aren't you glad he don't do that to you? He goes, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat one bit of it. And the guy gets trampled in the streets. They fully submitted to their decision. You know, most of us, we don't fully submit. We submit to our way, not his. Our way, not his. I'm going to do it my way. Lord, if you do it my way, I'll do it your way. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with it. These guys right here are leaving. They were unified in a single purpose. You know what God's looking for today? It's the people that are unified in a single purpose. He's not looking for four leaders here. He's looking for four men who will go do what I tell them to do. And one person is going to tell them what to do and the other three are going to follow. No questions asked. They've already decided what they're going to do. It's over. We're done. Let's go do it. Psalm, Psalm 133.1 says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. You know what's wrong with us? We fight with each other. Amen. There's no need. Believe me, if God wants you to be a leper, he'll put you outside the door and we won't let you come in either. And he might use you outside that door and not use one person in this room. We think that I have to be the Elisha or I've got to take the king's place before I can do anything for God. That's a mistake. I don't have to do anything for anybody. I don't have to take anybody's place. There's a big enough, I remember a senior chief in the Navy tell me when I went to ETA school the first time and I got into that school up there and I thought, surely I'm, there's no way I can make it, man. I mean, these guys are all little Einsteins. And he looks at me and he says, hey, Mike, he said, Petty Officer Elliot, he, he, I was a seaman at the time. He said, Seaman Elliot. I said, yes, sir. He goes, uh, I'm not a sir, I'm a chief. I said, yes, sir. I won't ever call you sir again, sir. Promise, sir. He goes, how you start and how you go day by day is how you'll finish. He goes, don't worry about the finish line. Just do today what you're supposed to do today. 
That was some of the wisest information that man I ever get. I graduated number one in that school, number one. When I called the detailer, the detailer said, oh, Penny L.C. Elliott, <laughs> Mr. Number One, what do you want to do? As a joke, I sent my dream sheet in, and I put three places on that dream sheet that they never gave to anybody out of school. I got any of the three I wanted. He gave me all three. He said, if I was you, I'd take this one. <laughs> it was the best of the best of the best. You say, what is that? I don't know what it is, man. You know, the Lord told me to go in the Navy, and he told me to go to school, and I went to school, and I got in school, and I started doing what he told me to do, and I didn't worry about the end, and he worries about the end. Yeah. All you got to do is worry about today. That's all I worry about. Today, get me through today, man. I got to get my mom up here and have her in a place that has nothing in it, actually get her the place and then get her in it with nothing in it by next Wednesday. And get ready for camp, and get wiring on a van out there, and get two freezers and refrigerators ready to go, and get the distiller working, and preach on Sunday. <laughs> brother Dave's preaching Sunday night, so I don't have to worry about that. But I mean, brother, when you start seeing all this stuff, I'm sitting there going, Lord, there is, he says, what you, you know what you got to do? And then Joe calls tonight. He was supposed to preach tonight because I wasn't sure if I was going to be back. And he goes, oh, brother, I'm sick, and I don't feel like I can't. I can't. Are you going to be there tonight? Can you preach? And I said, and he stayed home. And I'm like, well, thanks a lot. He goes, it had nothing to do with Joe. Me and the Lord having this conversation. I said, thanks a lot. He goes, well, you, you thought you was getting out of it, did you? I said, yeah, I did for a minute there. But it ain't going to work. They submitted to the division, and then they're unified. How about, how about Ephesians 4.1? I like that one. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy, worthy, you know what's wrong with most of us? We don't walk worthy yeah. of the vocation wherein you're called with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You know, if each and every one of us, each one of us struggled to make sure that my brothers or my sister is better than me and I'm going to do whatever I can to make them happy and do what they need and help them do what they need, and if they did the same thing to you, do you know what God could do with us? Amen, I don't have to be you. You don't have to be me. Why don't you just be what the Lord wants you to be? Or why don't I want to be what the Lord? I would rather be what he knows what I need to be. How about this one? Till we all come in the unity of faith, verse 13, and of the knowledge. As we move closer and closer and closer and closer to the Lord, our minds should be almost identical. And by the time you get out here, it doesn't matter whether you're Peter, James, John, Paul. It doesn't matter whether you're Timothy or Titus or Philemon. It doesn't matter if you're Aquila and Priscilla. It doesn't matter who you are. You know what it matters who? It matters who he is. And is he getting the glory and lifted up in our lives? Amen. The more we walk down this path, the more we should all start looking. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? They look like little Jesuses. Not like Paul's, not like Peter's, not like James, like Jesus. They didn't say they were first called Paulicans at Antioch, or they were first called Peterkins at Antioch. No, they were first called Christians. Little Christ, man, little Christ. They, were, they started the journey not knowing the outcome. Do you have to know the outcome before you do anything? For God? I don't. I'll tell you the hardest thing you ever do is sometimes pass the gospel to our account. It's hard, man. People just look at you. Sometimes, you just do it anyways. They're getting ready to hate it. 
And when they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, they just did it, man. And when they were come to the uttermost parts of the camp, I mean the outside edges of this camp, they just come. You know, the world is just so different than this. The world sits out there, and somehow we fear this world thing out there that's in front of us, and there's nothing to fear. There are more that is with us than with them. I got the Lord all over in my life. He's everywhere. I don't have to worry about one thing. He's got the beginning and the end. He knows everything's going to happen. They know. They know. They came to the uttermost parts of the city, and behold, guess what? Whoa, how about that? Nobody's here. Hey, look, they forgot the keys. They lost the key. The white van you can't have. I didn't fall apart. Ah, what do I do? Oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? You know what? I'm, I'm in a parking lot looking around for something else. <laughs> I'm just looking everywhere. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina anyway, so what's the matter, man? Might as well figure out what I'm doing here and figure something out. And I go to the guy and say, hey, you got any caravans around? And he looks out the window and he points. And he says, I got that red one right there. I said, hey, that's the one, man. I said, can I go look at it? He said, sure, the key's in it. And I go out there, and sure, as low as God's my witness, I pull up the app, and that's the band that's on that piece of, on that computer thing. Zip, the, the VIN, everything matches. I called the little lady back up in Texas, and she's, she's about ready to start crying. Because nobody called me to tell me, and I'm glad they didn't. Nobody called me to tell me that that band wasn't going to be there. They knew it, and they didn't call me. And I'm on a plane, I fly down there. And when I call her back, I said, hey, you know, how about this other van? She looks it up and said, yeah, it's going to come up in a couple days. I said, it's sitting right here. She said, get it. <laughs> Don't let that thing get You want that one? I said, yeah. But I'm telling you what, you know what God does sometimes? He doesn't tell you anything until you get to a place. And then he starts revealing the thing right in front of you. You say, a van? Yeah, well, these guys just wanted some food. I was like, That's all they wanted. Those four guys just wanted food. That's all they wanted. They wanted food and shelter. They would stay outside the Syrian camp. They didn't care. Just give me some food and clothes and shelter. They weren't looking to do something great for God. You know what they're getting ready to do? Something great for God. Here it goes. They were surprised. You know what? When, you, when the Lord reveals something in your life, the first thing you do, you start freaking out, man. And then you, you go back. We do. We all do things. We regress back into ourselves. And these guys were running around, man. I mean, they had mink stoles. They had horses and cows and sheep and gold and silver and tents and, and clothing and, and plates and everything, man. Food all over the place. And they're just gorging themselves like going to a smorgasbord. I mean, they had a blast. And then all of a sudden, they stop. And they start sympathizing with their brother. They go, no, it's not good. Verse 9 says, then they said one to another, still in unity. You know, David, when he went and got those 400 men, went and got everything back after Ziklag was burned, the 200 that stayed back, the 400 that came back with David said, oh, they don't get nothing. Give them their wives and kids. Let's get rid of them. They didn't go. They, didn't, they just stuck. But no, David says we're all the same. Those 400 didn't care one thing. They said they were sons of Belial. You know what that is? Sons of the devil. You know what's wrong with most of us is all we do is care about ourselves. Do you care about your brothers and sisters today? Man, I tell you what, it's fun to care about somebody. They sympathize with their brethren. Says, then they said one to another, in unity, we do not well this day is a, is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. You can't do that. The Holy Spirit started convicting them. You know what those four guys did? They went back and told them. And they sent some people out, and lo and behold, they came to the uttermost parts of the camp, and they went all the way through the camp, big old camp, and they went to the uttermost parts of the other side of the camp, and as far as they went, they found stuff laying everywhere, and they were gone. There was nobody left. 
Here's the message. The Lord sought somebody to bring salvation to Israel. And in that city, the only person in there could have done that was Elisha. And Elisha wasn't the one he wanted. He wanted somebody else. It's not always the, the top dog that God wants to use. God wants to use us sometimes. We're getting ready to go to camp. And for a week, we're going to host a bunch of other churches. That's basically what we're doing. We're hosting other churches. You become and I become the servants to everybody there. You need to get that in your mind. In your mind, that's what you are, a servant. If you cannot be a servant, do not go. Because all you're going to do is bring a bad name to Jesus Christ. Don't do it. If you want to see God's blessing, you may see it off to the side where it's Dr. Peacock's going to be there preaching. Praise God, man. I like it. He asked me one time, he said, hey, why don't you preach? I said, because you are. <laughs> I don't need to preach. It's probably, they're probably lucky that I don't. <laughs> but I don't need to do that. You do that. You know what my job is? Is to make sure everybody has everything they need. You know what I did last year? Tim calls. Our balloons are blowing up. You know what I did? I made sure he had how many balloons? How many did we get? 10,000? 10,000. I called Amazon, overnighted 10,000 balloons to the camp. Why? So the kids, you know what it cost us a pretty penny for 10,000 balloons? <laughs> for what? Those kids were still talking about it six, seven, eight months later. It has nothing to do with us, brothers. That sister had nothing to do with us. You get one opportunity, one opportunity to do something for God. One. That's it sometimes. These four lepers had one opportunity. They were out there. They were in the midst of it. Everything was theirs. They didn't have to say a word. And all of a sudden, it dawned on one of them, hey, we don't do well this day. Our brothers and sisters are back here starving to death. And we got everything. Maybe we should just, and all four of them said, let's go do it, man. We'll go tell them. And they went back. Verse 6. Go back to 2 Kings verse six, uh, chapter 7, verse 6. It says, For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of the chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, it's like Gideon, man, that day Gideon comes up. And that he's down there listening to him. And this, this tumbleweed goes into the camp. And the two soldiers look, oh, it's nothing but the host of them, Gideon. I'm still, I'll get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. How did they, did you have like a, a sticker on that thing that said Gideon, 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 Gideon? I mean, how did they know that was you? That was God. It says right here, you go, verse, verse 6, it says, For the Lord had made a host, down to the verse, and they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they have rose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. Brother, I'm telling you what, sometimes you'll never see what God does until you get to a place where you have absolutely nothing. And you get to a place where you stop and still think, and you still give him the glory, and you don't belittle your circumstances and what you have or don't have or what somebody else has and you don't have, you just really realistically look at yourself and say, this is what I got. This is where I am, and this is my options. And you don't blame everybody else for your scenario or your situation. You just look at your options. You choose an option. And God sometimes brings people to help you in that option. 
and you just go do what you're supposed to do. And in the end of that thing, you end up saving an entire city because you listen to God. He could have used Elisha. He didn't want to use Elisha. He wanted to use somebody, and he got down to four lepers. I guess a little poem, and I'll be done. If I can find it. It's here somewhere. I know it is. Ezekiel 22.30 says this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole wide Bible. And I saw for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for a few good men. The Marines say that, but on the Marines, on the Navy. Air Force and Army in there too. And anybody else that wants to get in there. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for a few good men. And he goes, that I should not destroy it. He doesn't want to do what he's going to do. But he's going to. He said, but I found none. You know, he's looking for somebody to just stand up and say, you don't have to be Elisha. You don't have to be the king of Israel or Syria. You don't have to be the guy who's seen the, the mighty host coming across the sky. You don't have to see any of that stuff. You just got to be a leper, somebody, a sinner. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day. You know what? He died for sinners. That's me. He loves me, man. He loves me and wants to use me until the day. You know why he still uses me? Because I'm vertical and I'm still breathing. And he knows for sure that if he tells me to do something, I'll do it. To the potter's house I went one day and watched him while molding the vessels of clay. And many a wonder lessons I drew as I noted the process that clay went through. Trampled and broken, uh, downtrodden and rolled, to render more plastic and fit for the mold. How like the clay that is human, I thought, when in heaven's hands is perfectly, uh, perfection is brought. For, for self must be cast as the dust at his feet, before it is ready for service made meet. And pride must be broken, and self will be lost, and laid at, on the altar, whatever the cost. But lo, by and by, a delicate vase of wonderful beauty and exquisite grace. Was it once the vile clay? Ah, yes, yet how strange the potter has wrought so marvelous change. You know, when you see a Christian after you, uh, uh, is Levi in here? Yeah, there he is back there. I was sitting there. You don't mind me telling this to you. Levi, I was sitting back here in the thing one day, and, and I found something else I was funny that too, because Adam said it the other night. And this lady comes up, chewing me up one side down the other, and it's about Levi. And I've known Levi for years. He's not the same guy he was years ago. He's not the same. Had nothing really to do with me. Had to do with Levi and the Lord in his life. And I started watching him, and over the years, he'd come and go, come and go, come and go. He's, he's come a lot now, and, and he's still coming and going, and coming and going, and coming and going, but he's still here. And she's chewing me out, telling me all this stuff. She calls me everything but human. I'm not a pastor because I won't condemn him. And I'm like, why would I? He's my brother, man. He's, he's growing. And then Adam got up here the other day, and he's out here cutting the parking lot. I'm glad it's just not always me who catches the flack. And he starts telling the story about this guy coming in the parking lot, chewing him out because if somebody goes to his church, never mention his name. That's who they were talking about. I went up to Levi later on and said, hey, was that you Adam was talking about? Because I thought in the church, who could that possibly be? It had to be Levi because I knew it wasn't me. That's that kind of rhyme, didn't it? That's cool. But <laughs> I sit there and I go, Levi, was that you? He goes, yeah, it was me, man. I said, you know what a blessing is? That's not you no more. Yeah. It's not you. That's not what I see in him. I don't see that. 
Maybe one day that's what he was because that's what I was. But I don't see that in him anymore. And I don't see that in me anymore. When I look in the mirror, I still appear. I see the things I used to do. I don't see him no more. He says, not a trace of the earth nor mark of the clay. The fire of the furnace has burnt them away. Wondrous skill of the potter. The praise is his due in whose hand to perfection and beauty it grew. Thus with souls uh, lying still, content in God's hands, that do not, uh, that do not his, po uh, his power of working withstand. They are molded and fitted a treasure to hold, vile clay now transformed into the purest of gold. You know what he's trying to do to us? He's trying to make each one of us what he wants us to be. And he don't want us all to be the same. You go into any museum, you see stuff all over the place. You very seldom ever see two of the exact same thing. What you'll see is this, 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 this. That's what the Lord is. In heaven, he doesn't want us to be that. That's why a fingerprint on, on a human hand doesn't match any other fingerprint on anybody else's human hand on this planet. Now, you're talking about variety, man. God's got variety. And you know what he's looking for? He's looking for a couple lepers outside the gate to go to. He said, I want, he said I've already so told him inside that I'm going to save them. But nobody knows who he's going to do. You know you may not know what you're here for yet. All you have to do is do what the Lord puts in your heart. You know what y'all need? Sometimes you stop and go backwards and say, no, I'm not going to do that, Lord. I'm going to do, I said, if I don't, be still and know that I'm God. Have you ever thought about sometimes just stopping and saying, Lord, what do you want? Just what do you want? And then do what he says. The lepers did, and look what it turned out. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. And Father, we, I just want to thank you for all you've done and, and all the blessings you've given us. Lord, your promises, uh, standing on the promises, Lord, we only find that out after we stand on them for a while. But, uh, Lord, you're concerned about the little things in our lives. Here's four men that their lives, Lord, were just in turmoil, torn upside down, no place to go. Uh, Lord, out in the cold, and, Lord, they didn't have any options except one, and that one wasn't a very good option either. But, Lord, they did it anyways because they felt in their heart they had to, and they got up and made a move, and they ended up, uh, Lord, saving the whole city. Lord, what could you do with us? If we would do the exact same thing, Lord, we don't have to know the end. All we have to do is know the starting point. Lord, I just pray that you'd open our eyes to the starting point. We got a camp coming up this week. Lord, my mom's coming up. There's all kinds of stuff happening. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'd help us all, each and every one of us, to see what you'd have us to do this week. Lord, help us not to let the devil get involved in anything we're doing. And Lord, help us just to be the servants that we need to be, uh, not just this week or next week, but Lord, uh, here on out. Father, this world needs to see some people, Lord. Thank you for Christina down the street there, Lord. I just pray that you'd touch her. Lord, I'd like to see her come to church one day, Father. What a blessing that would be, that you'd use her, Father, and, and uh, help her with her kids. I know she has some issues down there. But, Lord, bless now. And, Father, bless the evening and bless the prayer service. And we'll praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Andrew, you want to do the